Welcome back, everybody, to the Blue Collar Whitetail Podcast, officially powered by Rackaholic Outdoors, the true whitetail scents and cover scents made from an Indiana deer farm, 100% made by deer, from the deer to the bottle. I recommend the whitetail bedding scent. I've hunted wrong winds on purpose, and I haven't got blown at. So, Also, shout out to AAA Shooting Supply in Laoto, Indiana. They have your gun, ammo, and archery needs. And tonight, we are joined by... My Aunt Tuna and Uncle Mario, we're here on the podcast and we're going to rip it. So, uh, glad to have you guys out here. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, last time we talked to Mario, it was before season, I believe. Um, well, go ahead and talk to him. Uh, I, I think you're probably more excited to hunt than anyone I know because uh, you had to sit out. I had to sit out the whole season, yep, because of my back. And uh, I did try it a couple times, but as soon as I got up in the tree stand, within an hour of sitting there, I could tell it was uncomfortable for me. And I hated it because it was just getting light out, you know, it was perfect oh, time. And got the muzzle loader in the hand, and oh, man. I'm going, come on back, you know. But it actually did end up hurting me to where I didn't want to go back, and I was just pushing myself a little early, but... I, I can't blame you. I, I can only imagine the itch you had. Oh, yeah. I did have the itch for a month and a half, you know, while you guys were all sending me pictures and stuff. <laughs> it, w- it was a rough go. About uh, about mid- mid-October, stuff just kind of started dying. Yeah. And then uh, dying off. And then, uh, yeah, opening day of gun, I was lucky enough to kill one back here. And um, uh, after that, dude, it was just like grind. It was... It was awful. It was like your alarm went off, and you're like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> we were trying. Absolutely. You still got to try. I mean, you can't get them on the couch, so yeah, you got to go out and at least give yourself a chance. Yep. Um, so with, with this episode, I got a, a bunch of questions, and uh, Tuna definitely jumped in because we have not had a woman's perspective on this, this show yet, and... Uh, <laughs> I think it'd kind of be great to get your side of things because you obviously deal with us. So, well, I would like to point out the reason he sat out last season is he had double back surgery. Double. So double. that played a big part. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have been out there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I would have been. Yeah. It's a rough time, but it's yeah. coming. Less than. He's. Been, he'll be back next year. I think we're what less than six months. Yes. What reductions? What, like five? Five months, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's coming quick. Um, so I guess well, uh, what I'd like to, what what have we done so far uh, in preparation for this year? Have, um, I guess go ahead and give your, have you done anything at your Noble County side? Or no, you haven't got up there yet? I have not done anything up there, haven't uh, been coyote trapping and i ended up getting a groundhog the other day nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it all counts. yeah it counts exactly yeah it all counts yeah the season was over the 15th and then um my i went over to my aunt's and she had a groundhog just tearing up the whole thing and so i set up a coyote trap and got him instantly i mean it was just next day so glad to get them out of there those things just it's amazing how much ground they can tear up it's i'm seeing them everywhere they keep running across the roads and oh yeah <laughs> yeah they're getting smashed huge yeah um 
And then at, at Reduction Zone, we put up a buck hut made by Millennium. And yes. uh, what was your take on that stand? Um, fantastic. The most... I put together a lot of stands in my years. I mean, we've all made our own, and but we've bought some nice ones too. And we really find out when you get older, like myself, it's more about the safety thing than just buying a, a cheap old stand, you know, that you can just put up against a tree. It's about safety, and that stand you bought was the most sturdiest stand i have ever seen put together the way when we put it together i couldn't believe all the bolts it took and the framing and everything for the just where you stand it was incredible it really made me believe that there is something to it when you buy a fantastic stand and spend the money and and uh especially for two people we were standing on top of it both oh, yeah. of us and jumping up and down and it just never moved i mean it was pretty solid impressive. it's those, very impressive those stakes were probably what a foot long maybe yeah that went in the ground oh oh they, no, they were they were good two foot yeah we pounded them in the ground pretty good we set them on top of a old dirt bike jump to get like another five feet yep it was pretty impressive it was a perfect fit yeah i think i think that'll help um yeah I've, i never saw one of them in person until we were putting it together but like you were saying with the powder coating on yeah the, on the steel everything the bolts were all nylocks and the, the lock washers everything was incredible i mean and the framing like i said the way the frames built and you got to put it all together and how sturdy everything was and it was yeah. pretty heavy duty i mean we took three loads to get it all back here into one spot but, well then think now too like if it rains yeah i mean that's no problem you just got to make it there exactly and, and same with like uh the cold and the wind yes you can sit out there till you can can't stand it no more and then hit the blind if I'm, you have i mean to. i mean there's so much room like you could even go and you know if you propped a little buddy heater in there it, I, it's it'd be the comfortable the perfect moment yeah exactly you're comfortable and that's what it takes to stay out there longer yeah you know when that wind's biting you Oh and you're sitting and you're standing, you're getting that northwest wind at 20 mile an hour, and it doesn't, it's not stopping. It's, it's tough being out there. I always like face the tree, like trying to block <laughs> the wind, and then it always finds like a crack somewhere. Man, there's always neck. a spot on your clothes where it gets through, you know, yep. and no matter what you wear. It's, it's, it's awful, but uh, you got to do it. You got to be out there, exactly. You're, you're there for the moment, and you're hoping that there's another deer thinking that it's too bad of conditions for a hunter to be out here <laughs> yeah they definitely don't care no um so is there any uh preseason things you would like to improve like with your spots like with your stands uh no i like would like to remind everyone though that at the end of the season you know when it, before winter hits and you're there it's like uh in our state, it's the first or second weekend in January where it stops. I would say I would I would uh, release all your tree stand snaps and your cranks and your tie downs and everything. Release them and just let them leave them a little loose. Don't let them be tight all winter. It saves them for the next year. It gives them the strength because winter takes a toll on them. It really does, and the tree growing too, you know, for another season, and so it really makes a big difference when you loosen up your straps. So I'm not saying let them, you know, fall off the tree. I'm just saying loosen them up a couple snaps so it's not super tight, and uh, it'll save your 
your tree stands uh, forever for a long time. I mean, I've been using some for 10 years now, so the straps, and just because I'm loosening them every every season. So that's basically what I do at the end of season. And at the beginning of the season, I don't like to really go out there until, you know, July and then start clearing lanes and stuff like that because the bugs are, the mosquitoes will carry you away in Indiana. You know how they are. And, and uh, but it's they're the prep for yourself, you know, and a lot of people don't do it. The, the exercising, the... Uh, trying to build your body up, your muscles for your arms when you pull your bow back and hold it back, you know, stuff like that. So there's a lot there's a lot of prep you can do in the summer for yourself, you know, that, that uh, would help you for the preseason. But uh, that's really just shoot your bow a lot come June, July, August, you know, and just practice as much as you can. And... Uh, Aim small, miss small. That's the old saying. <laughs> Sounds like Ted Nugent. Yes, it is. It's a good yeah. saying. Uncle Ted. Exactly. Uncle Ted. Um, t- since you sat out last season, uh, what are your goals for this season going in? Like, uh, are you are you like targeting a certain like like? Uh, a certain amount of points on a buck, like a certain age class. Like, are you are you gonna are you looking for like an older deer, but you really don't care about the rack, or are you looking like I want a monster? Like, obviously everybody wants a monster, but uh, I just didn't know if you had any different goals going into this season off of uh, setting out this season. Um, to tell you the truth, I've been blessed when it comes to deer hunting. I've always been able to shoot a nice deer and i'm a lot of my friends shoot the big one they let the 10 point go by because they know the 12 points in the woods you know and and uh i'm not that way i don't even use uh cameras i don't really want to know what's out there because my neighbors all all where i hunt all around the neighbors all around hunt and they hunt hard and so they push the deer onto the property where I'm at. I'm the only single hunter there, and it's 27 acres, so it's it makes it nice. So I know how to sneak in using the right wind and be able to and get the morning buck sometimes. You know, it's really, I've been blessed to be hunt, be able to get this spot for the last, what, 15 years? Dang. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been it's, a minute. <laughs> it's been wonderful, and I've been able to shape it and once you learn where they go and where they bed you know you don't touch those areas you don't go anywhere near them a lot of people go in there and try to find the racks and so i don't even look for the anything back here i don't want anything to do with that area it's their safe area and i don't want to be disturbing it at all so yeah pretty remote it it, it really is it's thick yeah. yeah it's super thick i mean these deer can run 50 feet and they're gone you can't see anything wow yeah it's mm-hmm. that thick so when they when they come in it's like it's like shadows, you know. It's like ghosts. Yep. It's it's incredible. You just look that way for five minutes. You turn your head for ten seconds. You look back, and there they are. Five of them is like what? <laughs> how how could <laughs> I never be? Yeah, <laughs> trying to always be ready. For they that. are ghosts, and uh, yeah, always always be ready. Yeah, 
and uh, some of your products, like you said, I'm looking forward to trying them this year and absolutely be able yeah. to use them. Here's actually, I'll let, uh, Mario has not smelt these yet, but this is the Rackahawk Outdoors. This is one of their cover scents. That okay. is pine. So All right. if you want to, you can crack whatever you want to do. Wow. That's very strong. You don't just, yeah, I was going to say. If you would have, but it yeah. smells nice. Yeah. It smells like Christmas, I think. Absolutely, <laughs> like a pine tree. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, that's It's a good. great cover. I mean, in the old days, we used <laughs> skunk scent and earth, earth scent, you know, which still works, earth scents. But the skunk, man, I mean, it was awful. Oh, I can't even Oh, remember. my God. You couldn't get it off your clothes when you went to, out to eat or something for lunch. You <laughs> smelled like a skunk. The whole table did. Yeah, then there's uh, that bottle right there. That's dirt. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, like swamp bottom or, you know, something after a rain. You know what I mean? You can just open it if you want. Oh. They have, like, It just apple. smells like black dirt. Smell it. <laughs> Doesn't it? Push up my nose. Sorry. But it does smell like... Black dirt, yeah, it's yeah. perfect. It'd be great it's, for yeah. like under your boots and everything, yeah. Yep. And then uh, this, this one's my favorite. Uh, that's the whitetail bedding. But I'm gonna go get you a fresh bottle because that's been sitting out here. Okay. So the key is keep the stuff in your fridge and like. No, don't squirt me. <laughs> What's it going to? Okay. <laughs> you squirt my hand. No, wait, don't. He's bringing us a brand new bottle. Let me get it back on here. So, so the key is keep this stuff in your fridge and it'll stay good. Okay. Um, like if you plan on going hunting afterward, what I would do is like, well, like say we went, you know, up north or whatever. Um, I I would throw this in my lunchbox with like an ice pack, and then it's just good. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is whitetail bedding scent. And we purposely sat wrong winds, doubled up in trees, and we had deer coming right to us. Really? Wow. Yeah. Never and, got winded. And it, it says it's not a lure, but what I think most of it is. And is what, they did you, smell. what did you spray? Uh, first, first I sprayed myself down with the scent killer. No, I mean yourself and the yeah. tree or the. Myself. Just yourself. Just, just a. Tss, tss, tss. Okay. And the boots. Wow. Whoo. That's got some odor. Yeah, it's like, I think it smells like deer fur to me. Absolutely. Like mm. a wet deer, you know. Like a wet deer is what it smells like. And like so so what we kind of were thinking so after think our it, yeah. encounters was like, it's the wrong wind, but with them bedding back where they do, we think that they smell that, and they're like, oh, well, if there's deer over there. We might just go that fine. way, yeah. Exactly. So, and we had deer come in. I mean, um, there was times like at last light, right before getting dark, I couldn't get down on my stand because they were eating acorns right underneath me. Wow. And uh, we've had them walk, like, because I'll spray the bottom of my boots with it. I've had them walk that trail, like, all the way to 60, your 69 stand. Yeah. All the way there. And if she would have turned right, like I do, she would have walked right underneath me. But she went and she just went left. <sighs> so, but. Uh, that that's a game changer to me, um, and I mean it's yeah. it's fifteen dollars and the spray. It's not like it's gonna soak you like, you know your scent killer stuff. You know how that's kind of more of a heavy mist. Yes. Um, 
but like it's more of a mist. Okay. So yeah. Your, Barely comes this out. This bottle could, in theory, last you like the whole season. Okay. Um, but we we kind of used it more liberally than that. Uh, all I know is when I started wearing that, and like when I walk in in the dark, just like my confidence. Because they could walk right I, over your trail like and they're happy. Beer, yeah. You know? Yeah. So like I'm not afraid now. Like I get. I mean, I'm I'm sure you don't need it. But, like, it could be that one thing that just helps you. It helps you. Exactly. Um, anything, a plus. Yeah. Anything you have is an edge, yeah. And then this is the complete scrape. So, these are wow. rehydrating gels. And um, so, like, if you made a mock scrape, like, 20 yards from your stand, what I did was I would open it up and I would scoop, like, just a thumbnail size. I'd flick it into that. And then I would take this whitetail bedding and I'd spray the overhanging leaves because, you know, they rub themselves in the... Yes. So, I don't know how many deer I had coming over those mock scrapes. Um, the, the best one I had was, was in reduction zone and I had three mature bucks come in wow. and one was actually peeing in it. But I didn't have my doe tag punched. So I had to shoot the doe that was with the three bucks. <laughs> right. But still, like I've seen does hit it. I've seen... That's amazing. Stuff. And this is complete scrape. So this is like your tarsal gland. Right. Um, but what's cool is, so you put those in the ground, and if the rain washes it out, if the deer comes by, pees in it, those gels absorb the pee, and it rehydrates itself. Really? Yeah. It's got a little bit stronger. <laughs> the doe estrus is a lot worse, <laughs> I think. That and buck and rut. Woo! So, um, but yeah, there's just... And then, uh, so when I would you a, replenish this? I mean, every time I'd go out to that spot, I'd okay. a little. Okay. Um, you don't have to, but like, I just did. I just put a little bit in there. Sure. And, uh, you know, it could be that one thing where it just hangs them up for just long enough to get you a Get shot, you a so. nice shot. Exactly. That's what it is. If you could stop him naturally or yep. her, you know, yeah, that's the key yeah. right there. Because they're comfortable stuff. without. You know, they're just yeah. checking stuff out. Yeah, so I I don't know, but uh, I don't know if you remember last year, but I told you, like, one of the trails I walk in on, there's, like, a sapling right in the middle. And the one time I went out there, it was just, like, snapped in half and, like, all rubbed up. And uh, I it, it was, well, and then you told me, you know, I'm bringing in a foreign deer from such and such county over here. And they're like, well, that's not Steve, you know. Yeah. So it it all it all makes sense now. Now you're getting people like, well, this is my area. Like, yeah. what is this yes. foreign guy doing yes. over here? So that's that's pretty cool, I think. Yep. Um. But yeah, that's just something I wanted you to smell. And then uh, those are awesome scents. They really are. Is there any helpful tactic you'd want to share? <sighs> Not location and GPS, but like a right. helpful tactic that you can think of that might be overlooked like uh uh i do something that hardly any hunter does when they go in 90 percent of the hunters will walk straight to their stand without looking around just kind of look around a little bit blah 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 blah. you know yeah i walk 10 feet stop behind a tree and look then i'll wait and i'll look and i'll look any little a squirrel you know an ear yeah anything but I will look around before I walk my next 10 feet, and I'll try to go tree to tree. 
okay, so to get to my stand. Way. Yeah, exactly. And my lanes are usually cut from tree to tree, so I, I can sneak in. Nice. And uh, another tactic, bring a rake. Bring a rake, man. Don't step on those leaves when you're going in in that afternoon. Crunch, 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 crunch. You're coming in. You know, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and you're trying to get in early, and that gives you away. Even when they've just been a little wet, you know, in the evening and the morning, they're crunchy. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know how, how it sounds. It's get them off your, off your trail. Sneak in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I took a... I used a leaf blower this year. It was like before opening weekend a rifle. Cause it was like all the leaves just like came off right but uh yeah that's a good idea i mean just bringing it because that's where uh you know most of the time like you said you get screwed in the morning you're like oh yeah that was quiet going in last night but then you don't even think about it going in you're you sound like an elephant right and sometimes like you're dragging and uh you know the toughest decisions one time you i'm going back to the first question but yeah is uh tree stands you know when you obtain a property for 15 years, you got quite a few stands set up. I got six stands set up out there for all the wins. I mean, you have a chance at every win. You have a chance to be out there and, and be comfortable and and offer yourself uh, that one moment that you need to, to shoot them. But it's amazing when you're sitting in that car in the morning and the wind's blowing right and you're going, man, which stand do I grab? You know, it's like mm-hmm. you think about that, but... Um, Try to give yourself the best opportunity. Don't use the stand that you think, man, I saw that big one over there, you know what I mean? Just try to give yourself the best opportunity. Think about all the other deer where they're walking and try to keep yourself scent-free and stay out of, you know, the bad wind. Make sure, don't hunt that stand if it's a bad wind. You know you want to hunt there. You know the bedding's right there. But you just can't. You don't want to take that chance on getting busted. All he needs is that one time he busts you, he's gone. You know, you won't see him again during daylight. So he knows you're there. So it's his ground. It's his property. You're trying to sneak in, you know. Exactly. It's tough sometimes, man, to make that decision in the morning, you know. And, oh, yeah. And you get to your stand, and I can see some of my other stands from one stand. So it's like, and all of a sudden they're like right underneath it. And I'm going, oh, man. Yeah, but, that's the worst. But, yeah, it, it happens to all of us. I mean, it's just part of hunting. But just being out there. And being able to see the deer gives you a thrill in the, in the you know, you're cold, you're shivering. You're, as soon as you see a deer, you don't feel any of that. No. You're numb. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, I, I was just freezing and all of a sudden I'm not shaking anymore. <laughs> I'm seeing deer, you know, I'm pretty happy. And it really does change your, your outlook once you see them. Yep. That's one of my, my biggest. I'm very indecisive in the choosing between the stands. Oh, yeah. Because it's always like, well, should I sit here? Should I not sit here? Right. But, uh... And you always got to think about your downwind scent, even though you don't... Even though you don't have uh, a chance sometimes to get the right wind. You know, you obviously, some people don't have a choice of many stands. They just go into the woods like they are. And um, try to give yourself, you know, the best scent-free stuff you got. Use your cover stuff that you have, this racaholic stuff. I mean, use it all. Try to give yourself the best chance if you can. Use Ozonics if you have one. I mean, so awesome. it's 650 bucks, but 
I tell you what, that thing is worth it, especially in a ground blind and especially if you're out by a tree where you know you're going to get busted if it's downwind of the bedding area. Give yourself a chance. You spend 1500 on a bow, you know, another 1000 on the rest of the stuff. Yeah. So what's 650 when you're trying to... <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to, you know, give yourself a chance. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you only get one with him sometimes, you know, one chance. And if you can get him to stop or fool his nose for a minute, you know, that's all you need sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, looking back, I guess I catch myself. Like, I try to go slow, but like you said, uh, you know, like you stop and then you continue you just want to go to your stand you want to get there you know that's what's hard with like preset stands is you're i mean you have a lane like or you have a it's hard to slow yourself down i yeah i don't know how many times i've come up over this crest this hill that i come over and it pretty much covers the whole top of the woods i mean i can see pretty much 200 yards in every direction through the woods because it's pretty open up there um they're all oaks and I just come over this crest, and I'm looking, I'm looking, you just, you can't see anything. I mean, it's just like, it's just almost light out, you know, you're thinking, okay, I don't hear anything, and you walk another 10 feet, and you hear this, fadoon, 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 and you're going, oh, oh, man, you know what that was, you know, yeah. I mean, the sound alone just says, oh, man, don't blow, don't yeah. make that noise, please, you know, <laughs> so I'll just back up, I won't go to that stand, I know what's ahead of me, it's going to be one doe saying, foo! you're done (laughs) so i just back up and go to another stand i mean i know i've done it many times i mean you walk in the woods in the dark all the time i mean you hear them in front of you i mean it's just got ran over back here last year (laughs) i got back to that swamp like because it's all flooded now and there was one five feet from my stand wow and it scared the crap oh it was up on like the bank you know yep and it was in the honeysuckle, and that thing just ran out in front of me. I, I lost probably <laughs> Your two heart years of life drops. on that one. I'm telling you. <laughs> it scared, you know, yeah. the swamp monster. Yep. It's <laughs> like, what? what is that? It was bad. Especially when you're in the dark, you know, and you got a full moon or something, uh, and all you see is shadow or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, holy cow, man, what was that? And then hearing them, like, walk in the water. Splash, like, splash, splash. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, boy. Here they're coming. They're coming. <laughs> And that's the other the other cool thing is this place has two creeks in it off the backside, so you can always hear when they're crossing. That's you know, it's wide enough that you can hear the crossing, so you know what's coming or you know what's going or where they went. So it's always always listen. You know, always listen for that key sound. You know, sometimes your mind screws with you when you're hearing the the squirrels and the blue jays and everything else going on in the woods, but then all of a sudden you hear that one. <sighs> And he's like, what was that? You know, was, was that a snort? You know, and you turn your head and sure as heck, there they are, you know. And it's yeah. like, wow, it's. Uh, well, that's what's, I guess what I keep more and more picking up on, especially this year. And it's like, you know, you're, you always hear like the squirrels going and you always think those are deer. But like what I really tried to hone in on this year was like at last light that night those squirrels were already up in the tree yeah. so you're you know i mean it might be a possum because those kind of sound like them too but usually what i found it's out the continuous year, steps that you hear yeah it's like we got a deer like yeah, oh yeah yards. oh yeah <laughs> and you can tell by the steps you know are they walking away or are they getting louder yeah. and crunchier yeah that's wild um 
we touched on the buck hut, but do you have any other uh, new gear for the season that you got or um, about? No, actually, I wrote down some things. I go for it. I actually have an 11-year-old Matthews helium. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, I've never done anything to it. I still have the same bow string on it. I wax it every year, every year. I still have the Vendetta on it from 11 years ago. I mean, that was the coolest thing that ever, because I got so tired of lifting up my rangefinder, looking, and then adjusting my bow. And then by the time the shot was there, you'd already moved 30 yards, you know, and it's like, oh, this is terrible. i got to find something different. So yeah. the Vendetta was the most ultimate thing that ever came out with for a bow. And a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people don't use it. But if you're using a rangefinder, it's the same thing, except it's on your bow. You hit the button. It tells you the yard is right in front of you. You put the pin on them. Boom. Done. Done deal. Yeah. It's pretty special. It, next it's made a. It's made a. It's another three, four hundred dollars, I think. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought that bow, probably. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with your bow. Not your son. <laughs> oh. Your new bow. <laughs> um, what do you what What do you think you've given yourself a chance to do? I mean, you think you're gonna shoot better, shoot quicker? Is it is it faster? Compared to my charger, yes. which was a big step up from my PSE yes. that I had. But uh, again, you got to take the steps up. You know, it was a my PSE was 150 bucks, right? And shot my biggest deer with that thing, and then. Uh, I always wanted the Hoyt charger. I thought they just looked cool and uh, they shot cool or whatever. So I go out over by like Warsaw and I ended up buying, or I ended up shooting the charger and I was like, yep, done deal. And I took two does with it, never shot a buck with it. Um, and that was 400 bucks it was used. And so then my buddy won this bow in a raffle when he already bought a bone collector edition of it. Oh, nice. Shout out, Matt. And uh, there, it was just an offer I couldn't pass. I was like, it's last year's flagship bow, and I'm getting it for a heck of a price from someone I know. And uh, so I shot that thing, and when they got it all uh, set, because I took the peep out. Yes. Um, so you're just shooting instinctive down yeah, the string? that's how I had my charger, too. Down the string, okay. Well, I, ha I have my... Uh, I have my sight, yep. but I have the the peep is out. Okay. Um, so yeah, off the string. Okay. Just, I look down the right side of it. Yep. And my, I'm shooting better like that, so um, which they thought I wouldn't kill a deer like that, and I did. So I was, I wanted so bad to drive that over there, but uh, <laughs> I bet. Uh, yeah, the bow shop went off on me, but <laughs> but I went to Bowman's off of Hill of Gas, and they got my new bow set up. And I went to go shoot it for the first time, and I noticed how much more dead in the hand it is. Yeah. And how much quicker it is. Um, I have an HHA single pin sight on there. And like how I set up my charger, uh, since it's a single pin, I just roll it to 30. And with my charger, I had a four pin, but my top pin was at 30. Okay. So most of your bow shots, as you know, are like five to... You know, 30, 30 yards, yards, actually, yeah. Like, realistically, you know. So you know where to put the pin. I mean, if he's close, you're going to, yeah. No, well, so, like, with my 30-yard pin, I just pull it back, and I put it on him. 
And if that deer's at 35, it's just going to drop like an inch or two. Right. But they're also going to, you know, um, though I shot this year with my charger, um, it was at 13 yards. I had that my 30-yard pin on it and right in the right in the heart. Um, it, that, that bow is just moving so fast that you don't really see a big difference until you go out to like 40. But even 40 is really not that much because if I put that 30-yard pin on them, if if, if you want to count on a, a drop, but I wouldn't, you know, I would, I'd probably roll it up to, to 40. But right. With how it's set up, um, I, you almost set it up like a rifle, like your crosshairs, you know? Okay. Um, you either got to hold, well, but like I said, on from 30 and in, I'm just putting it right on the vitals. And I'm not noticing anything different yeah. yeah that's pretty cool so what's cool is if they do come in really quick you know i don't have to grab that range finder you're not guessing nothing yeah, yeah. put the pin on it boom mm-hmm. yep because most of these spots you know i've sat so much that like i'm used to the yardages um yeah it's always nice to double take but most time you don't have that no um, or you do you have the chance or the time yeah and you that's know what when I mean? the vendetta comes in yeah it's so, right on the bow. Yeah. You know, when you're pulling back, you got the yardage. Yep. And it's, then another thing I, uh, which I wish I never saw, would have saw from my buddy, but I have that Trophy Ridge five arrow uh, quiver that, oh, that has lights a up. light. Yeah, that's nice. And what I think I'm going to like about that is I'll have one hand free walking in the woods instead of holding like a flashlight. Um, and it's a green light. So... I literally just walk with my bow, and I got a green light on the floor. It's fantastic. And they say that green light helps with blood trailing, too, yep. which I don't know how, but I'm going to hopefully find out how. Yeah. Um, we'll test it. So, I don't know. I mean, the the quiver that was on there before was a fuse, and it, it kind of sat out wide, like really wide, and I put that uh, that trophy ridge on there. And it just like sucked everything together. So I, I like how everything streamlined now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put a, a QAD rest on there, a drop away. Uh, I had to buy a new release because my buddy bought my old release off of me because he wanted my charger. Right. So like everybody was swapping bows. So right. it's, it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I I would still be shooting that charger this year, but. When someone offers, I mean, you know how it is. When oh man, offers you, you get an offer a good bow, yeah. you got to go. Yeah, and, I mean, it's just flawless. There's no paint chips. There's no nothing. He didn't hunt with it really. Uh, That's I, fantastic. I, so I'm gonna hold on to that thing for a while because yep. I think it'll be fine. So it does seem a little bit longer, like axle to axle. It's a 30 inch, and I think my Hoyt was like, or my my Hoyt charger was like 28 and a half or something. Right. So it kind of seems taller. I don't know if it is or not, but uh, it's just dead in the hands. It looks awesome. I love it. Yeah, I saw it the other day. It was fantastic. But other than that, because my my original plan was to keep the charger, and I was going to shoot heavy arrows like my buddy Tim. He shoots like 300 grain, uh, like those. The heavy duty arrows that yeah. pound into the deer. Yeah, yeah. and, and shoot- you know what? There's a there's a big secret to that. What's that? Um. I was shooting lightweight arrows forever. Yep. I mean, I'm shooting the graphite. Uh, gold, tip. gold tips, yeah. yes, the 400s. 
forever. And my buddy has these arrows. I don't know what they are. They're a lot bigger diameter than what I'm shooting. But these things are heavy, man. And when they go in through this deer, they go right through this deer. Mine don't always go through the deer. They get stuck in the deer. I mean, they still do the damage with the Rage Broadhead, but the the arrows definitely do some penetration. The heavier are, I mean, you have to shoot more poundage, but you... uh, you won't believe the difference on kinetic energy when oh, an arrow that's heavier goes flying into well, a deer. What's crazy is, is like he's gotten to the point now where he's purposely shooting them in the hardest spots, like the the hard part of the shoulders, right? And it's blowing them out right there. And yeah. that broadhead's actually pulling the arrow; it's not getting pushed. It's it's pulling, <laughs> pulling it into the bone, yeah. Because yeah. it's like a three hundred grain like single bevel, basically it looks like what the Spartans would. Okay. Shoot, you yeah. Know? Yeah. And. Uh, they're just, they're heavy, so I don't know. It makes a difference. I mean, Ted's Nugent's been shooting those two-blade, you know, the ones forever. I mean, it's just, it's incredible what he can yep. shoot with those. So, And he resharpens them every time. He, and it's like I've got this one arrow that I've, I've put, I put it through 10 deer, and it's just, it's just indestructible. But there's some that, you know, just disintegrate on impact. Oh, yeah. I mean, the carbon ones. But this one carbon one I got, man, I put triple X's on it. And I gave it some extra life. It's been through to at least 10 deer, and it's amazing. It's still, I just changed the broadhead. And nice. Uh, what, which ones are you shooting this year? Uh, normally shoot, I shoot the 125 uh, Rages. Okay. And uh, I think they're the titanium ones. They're called titanium ones or something. They're just—I've never had any issue, and I've always found my deer. I mean, do those have like the collar on them, or what? How do those work? Uh, this is the new step up from the no collar ones. They snap in. Okay. The blades snap in. Oh, I got you. Now. Yeah, they—they yeah. they don't use a collar anymore on the new ones. It's really impressive, and you can—you can hear them snap. And see, in the old days, when you walk through the woods, I mean, if you don't have the um, right way to hold your bow or anything you know all those blades always come undone oh, when you were walking through the brush and stuff it was just amazing so yeah it was it was incredible back in the old days so when the rages first came out it was you had to put the little orange ring on or the o-ring whatever you know the it was just uh it was impossible to keep them in sometimes and they wiggled in your quiver and it's just they, they, they've come a long way man it's i mean everything's come a long way i mean it doesn't really matter what you shoot now it's all pretty impressively fast and accurate and it just depends on you you know yeah. you, you see the big one you get the you get the usual yeah. buck fever and think you forget all about the tree and everything else in between it's like i just shot you yeah. know yeah. yeah i'm shooting uh because i used to shoot the the original muzzy three blades like what they've had forever yes and then uh, i was like scrolling through ebay and someone was selling a pack of the tro cars which are like dart sized yes and uh, they fly like the field points that's what they say yeah they're it's almost the same cutting diameter as the originals but they're just a hair smaller but you can adjust them to three different sizes right but i just have them on like the the stock like smallest size and i I killed my one doe with it last year, and I like them. But right, uh, I shot Grim Reapers the one the one year, and I think you remember I hit the that hard shoulder. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, man, I don't think I can go back. No, nope. I don't think I can nope. go back after that. No, nope. 
I'm, I'm fixed for right now, but I there's some cool ones out there that yeah. I'd be interested in trying. But like you know, once you get in a rut, you're kind of like this works. You yeah, know? once you once you find something that works for you, and even when you make a bad shot with a rage, sometimes you really do still have a good chance because you still get a good blood trail. You know, with, it's just what, it's amazing. Inches. Yeah, the, yeah, two inch cut and it just rips. Do those come with the practice? Yes. Yeah. Yep, they do. It might be worth trying. The three pack, you, you know. In the old days, they had the six pack. Anymore, you get the three packs now. <laughs> yeah, they charge you just as much. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Charge you more. Exactly. You know, you talk about those muzzy three blades. I I believe strongly in those. I shot them at the beginning of my bow hunting career. Um, shot the 100 grains and the 125 grains three blades. I've always enjoyed the solid blades. There's never any issue. You know, it cuts through little limbs and stuff without, and you get those ones that open up like the rages, and you hit anything with that, and they're screwed, you know. Oh, you, I didn't you, even think about that. Yeah, with a muzzy, you still have a chance. You can hit any kind of little limb or leaf or anything, and it goes right through where the rages, they pop open on one side if you hit a limb or any kind of branch. Or, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so you, you're giving yourself another chance with the, rage, with the muzzy. Uh, three blade solids. So you're it's, sacrificing cutting diameter. Absolutely, they they're up to like an inch and three quarter on some of the muzzies now. Um, but I think that's the biggest. You know, the inch and a half. I think was I always think mine's been the. Like an inch and one yeah, yeah, it's the standard from inch and sixteenth to inch and a half is usually the biggest for you a muzzy. Too. You good? You need a beer? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's got some. Uh, but yeah. it yeah it's it's uh, all the broadheads of come a long way and every year they change them you know and they get better and better and better and i i still you know i still use the old whisker biscuit on my bow because i believe in that thing man i've had plenty of shots where i've picked up my bow and my bow wasn't flat you know i just couldn't between had to shoot between limbs or something and i had to tilt my bow and on some of the rests that you have your arrow would either come off of it Mm -hmm. Or your rest wouldn't work right by not being straight 90 degrees, you know. So I still believe in that old thing from 11 years ago. It's I, I think they were great, too. Uh, the only reason why I'm shooting drop-away now is when I bought that charger, it had a drop-away rest on it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just try it. Does it come with a rope, that little yeah. rope that comes down and here? And it goes into one of your, your cables. Yep. And uh, I just... I just flip that thing up when I get up in there so I don't have to rely on pulling it back. Pulling back, yep. So it's already housed in there, but like you were saying, there's play in there. Yeah. Like, there's all kinds of play in there until you decide to draw back. But, like, if I wanted to camp my bow, like, I better come to full draw first and then... See, the other thing is, too, nervousness and... You're yeah. al- you're already shaking, you know. You didn't want to look at the twelve point rack, but there you are, and you're, now your heart's bouncing out of your yeah. chest, and you pull back, man, and your arrows, you know, bouncing on the end of your yeah. rest, bouncing, and you're going, Jesus, come on, stop! <laughs> I wish this knee would stop bouncing up and down. Yeah. What the heck's the problem here, you know? Yeah. And you're just so nervous, and with a whisker biscuit, man, I'm. You're right Stuck there. In there yeah. It stays there. You're shaking still. But the arrow's not. Right. You're still got it dead on the deer, and you can take that shot. So I've learned a lot throughout the years as far as simple shooting. 
and not getting too complicated and too technical. Because if my drop away breaks out there, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. yeah. I mean, yeah, you only have a few choices, you know, when you when you do stuff like that. So, I always carry some equipment with me when I go out bow hunting. I carry my to make a new uh, where you hook your bow or your oh, really a D loop. Yeah, your D loop. I, st- I still have all that stuff. I can take it right back to the truck and make one. So I still carry some equipment with me. I still use the old rubber band for my peep sight on oh, the string, really? so it still twists back, you know, and those break after yeah. a few seasons. So I still end up with one in my face once in a while when oh, I'm man. pulled back. But and then the peep sight twists, and you know, you got to take that guess. That's why you're taking your peep out and shooting down that string. You've simplified your bow hunting. And you've made it more precision for yourself because you're not counting on other things. You're using your eye and your string, and you're just you're shaped on that. You know what I mean? You're hooked on it now. I added a, so I used to never shoot with a kisser button. Right. And the one guy I was listening to, he was like, "Well, uh, if you if you take that peep out, it's good to have another anchor, so it's always rep, you know, repetition." Yes. So I took the peep out, put a kisser in. So now, like, when so I'm right in here, the moment, it's always right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm still lined up good. Yep. And I check my level, and it's come second nature now to where, like, I don't even see the string. Do you have a level on your bow? Yeah. Yeah. So see, I've never used one either, and this Matthews came with one, and I'm going, wow, was my shot always off? I always thought I was straight. And yeah. It was, I was, yeah. like, three degrees to the left or to the right. or yep. I never knew I had to just stay level and how much more consistent your shooting Same is. with me. Yeah. yeah. I never had one until I made the switch to that charger, and... Yeah, the bow shop, I was, like, smoking crack or something because they, they were, like, they, they didn't even want to do it. And I was, like, it's May. If this doesn't work out, I can put it back in. Yes. Like, it's not a big deal. Right. And I was, like, it's my bow. I just want to shoot with it, yeah. Yeah. And I, I shoot better with it. And at last light, you're not canceling out more light, you know, like when you're in the woods. Take you ought to go back to a recurve, man, if you're going to go all the way. <laughs> I, I would like to one day. I would like to one day, but I don't know if I could. A friend of mine has one, and I did it for like four years. I was probably, I don't know, 30 when I started doing that. And I tell you what, I, I couldn't do it. Really? Yeah, because you're pulling back, man. Oh, yeah, there's true. no release on this thing you know when you're not getting the 80 20 thing when you're pulling back you're pulling back 60 70 pounds and you're trying to hold it and you're trying to and you got a leather release with three fingers you know and you're putting it right there and you're looking down the arrow or the string or whatever you use to get to that shot and man i'll tell you what it's tough and then you add the wind and the weather and i thought man i don't know how you guys do it with your just shooting instinctive like that, but it, 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 when you can do that, man, you you're a professional. I tell you what, you're not counting on anything. You know, you're counting on a string and a and a arrow, and that's it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, one guy I know, I was ice fishing. He came out on the ice, and he's like, and he's like, not tech. There's like no technology in his life. Like he he just has like, like he doesn't have. You have to go to his house or like call his house phone. Like that's just how he rolls. And uh, so he had like a little camera, and he came out on the ice. He's like, "Let me go to my truck," and comes out. And he shoots recurve, and uh, he finally shot an eight point. It was like the 2019 season, and uh, he's like, "I got this eight point. He's not that big." I'm like, "It don't matter what it is. You shot, <laughs> you shot one, yeah. A stick in a string, and you That's killed awesome, it." That's awesome, man. So I was like, "It's 
That tops anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, Absolutely. Well, your range ain't more just than shooting one. one. Yeah, around, yeah. Right? Be proud of what you shot, not just what size it is. You know. Yeah. Always be proud of what you shot. So, even when we have to shoot our our first does, you know, it's like, dang, I couldn't wait to shoot this deer. It's like, yeah. feels so good. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. gosh, I get to go through all the guts and everything, and yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It's like a like an autopsy. <laughs> yeah, you're the fastest person I know. That's <laughs> yeah, my friend Troy said the same thing too. One time we went hunting, and this dude, this deer went five feet over the fence, and it's a property line you don't want to cross. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. they had a ground blind like 80 feet away, and we're we're hoping like, man, the wind's too strong; they can't hear us. You know, the wind's blowing hard, and the snow's blowing. I go, let's go over that thing. We'll grab that deer and get it on the other side and get the heck out of here. So we jumped over the fence, grabbed it, and it was like two minutes, man. I had this thing cleaned Dang. out. Just we were gone. It. Yeah, this thing was still steaming when we got back to the truck. It's like, all right. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, he shot a nice doe. It was pretty cool. Always with a bow. He's, he's a bow hunter, and he just loves shooting the bow. All his buddies have uh, uh, the, the fast bows, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the crossbows and the ray. Yeah, all those incredible 400 feet per second bows but he still likes his old browning bow that he has an old bow man he just loves it it's pretty cool well you don't need much really no no it's just it's what you can shoot with you know or it's not really what you you have to buy you could be the best of the best you know you can shoot with any equipment and be the best i mean it's just amazing yep. practice 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 that's all it takes yeah you can be the best <clears throat> that's what I like with my new target out here. Well, not new, but it's that big foam thing. Yeah. So I can step off like 60. Yeah. You, know, and plus, you can miss a little bit and still find your arrow. Yeah. In my old house, I'd shoot at 100 just to. I lost a couple arrows, but it was cool to watch it just. The, the curve and then drop oh, right yeah. in. It's yeah. so much fun. It's and a, then it's when a, you shoot at 20, it's yeah. like, oh, this ain't nothing. Or 30, yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. And I notice you're using Luminox, so it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. when you do the almost dark shots like yes. you would naturally in the woods. It's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. You're like you're looking at this red dot going, oh, come on, come on, come on. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I want to get a bag for my truck for, like, when I go to reduction because what I did this year was every time before I'd go out for a hunt, except the morning, obviously, but, like, in the evening, I would just, I'd just grab one arrow one practice arrow, and I wouldn't step it off, and I'd be like, all right, that looks like 40. And I'd, I'd try to, you know, you only get one chance. Right. Plus, if I feel like I made a bad shot, you know, it, uh, you get that one out of the way. Or exactly. Whatever. You're so, thinking you're giving yourself a boost. You know, it's like, okay, I, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm making sure everything's right this time. When I range it, I'm like, oh, that was 55. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know. I thought it was 40. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what, and I'd like to get one for the truck, just to, just to whip one real quick. And, yep. Absolutely. Yep. I get pretty lazy, like, you know, like probably mid-October. Yep. Because it's like any chance I can get, I go. Get a but, chance to go, yeah, yeah. And you haven't shot sometimes in a while, you know. That's yeah. the other thing, too. You prepare yourself. You're always going out, you know, but you're really not shooting at home. That's why I like leaving my target at home. I still take the 20-yard shot, take the bow out of the truck, and just walk up to the house and boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Take three, four shots, you know, to give yourself some confidence and then head back to the truck and say, okay, I'm getting it tomorrow. I'm getting them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we talked earlier about this on the last time, but 
Uh, what? When do you think we might see some rutting activity this year? When? Do, when would you pick your ideal time to go? And I know I've, I've asked you this before, but my ideal time yeah, is for, the week before gun season. Okay. That's my ideal time. I've been doing it for like 30 years now, and it's because I'm still using a bow, and they're definitely running and chasing, and you gotta, you're giving yourself a good chance. And the key there is to, and it's hard to do, stay in your stand. I don't know how many times, man, deer pattern you, and you walk out of that woods at 1030, 11, 1130, at 1230, the homeowner comes by and says, man, there was 30 deer out in that field. Oh, <laughs> it's like... What? <laughs> I didn't see a single thing, you know? You gotta sit. It's, it's the key. And then give yourself a, a change. I know everybody wants to go in before dark, okay? But all the, so do all the other hunters, and the deer know it. They know when you're out there. They know when you're coming in. Most people use flashlights. Some people talk. Some people smoke cigarettes. There's always something that gives you away when you're coming in. Break a branch, you know, you're walking on ice or something. And then try to give yourself the other chance. Come in at 10 o'clock and stay till dark. Yeah, stay till dark. Bring yourself a sandwich, eat it at 2 o'clock. You know what I mean? Try to eat it at 2 o'clock. Try to eat it at 2 o'clock because there's going to be a big bug walking around. So, yeah, it's like uh, I've, I've seen more big deer on their feet between 11 and 2 in the afternoon than you would believe because they know the hunters are not there they're they're just they're they pattern you man they know you're there they hear your truck start they hear the door shut you know you're leaving they they can sense it okay now they're gone that's party that's yeah it's so it's it's amazing it's really amazing especially if you're on public land a lot of people have to end up on public land, and uh, I've always had great time of, with public land, only because of the the people, and not only the fun people, but some of the idiots that you run into on on the public occasion. But you you always get that one hunter who comes in at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, that just walks around <laughs> just like lost in space. But <laughs> but to give yourself an opportunity on on the, on public land is is really cool because you're out there with all the other people and you're taking a chance just like all the other people and they're all hoping for the same thing you know come by me come by me come by me but try to give yourself a chance a better a better chance by going deeper into the woods going farther or go to that spot where nobody you think nobody would want to be the thickest thicket you know the the stuff where you can't hardly see 15 feet in front of you but if you get up there in a 20-foot, 25-foot stand, you know, with a climber or something, and you're giving yourself a chance through that thicket sometimes, and they, the big bucks walk the edge of the thickets or through the thickets, and it's... Because they're playing the game. They're playing the game. <laughs> and and uh, they know no hunter's going to walk through that crap. I mean, there's stuff that I've gotten deer out of that I couldn't go in without a machete or a chainsaw, you know. It's like super thick and thorny and and it can be it can tear you up trying to get to some of your deer so and these things walk right through it like it's nothing yeah i don't know how that works no and especially with antlers yeah. how, how they do that without getting yeah, caught they just walk sideways yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's like what i couldn't walk five feet without yeah. getting stuck you know it's like yeah it's it's amazing sometimes when i had a blood trail of mine this year 
I was literally on my stomach, pulling myself, pulling myself through the blood. Like, holy! Sorry, I tried not to let him out. <laughs> no, she's wild. You got it. She's she's heavy. I don't know if you'll get her. <laughs> you got her, honey. Oh Grab the dog. Come I don't on. know what she ran into. You got her? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'll help you. She's heavy. Heavy dog. I got Yeah, public land's always been it's it's been fun. It's where I started. I mean, started at Mongo for many years and then went to Roush Reservoir for a few years and went to Salamone for a few years, so I've I've definitely enjoyed all the areas that where I've hunted with the public land. It's always been fun. She railroaded the land. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I that was the worst one I had was this year. I had to crawl on my stomach under the honeysuckle to to get to him. And yeah. I was just like I was covered in blood. Oh yeah. <laughs> I bet. I was like, where is he at? And I'm like at ground level. I'm like, I can't see him. I can't see him. And all of a sudden I found him and I'm like, holy moly. It's amazing. And they can be ten feet in front of you in yeah. some of that thick stuff and, and you I, don't I, even I know it. Stand up and I'm like I'm like hunched up. I'm like, I don't know how he made it through. Right. Any of that. Didn't hear him crash, didn't nothing. Yeah, I had a buddy over by Bass Road one time before the hill of gas went through. And uh, over by the Fall Creek area, and I, I used to hunt out of his backyard by the railroad tracks, you know, yeah. and there was one set of railroad tracks right in front of me. So I climbed up into the woods. It got foggy, and uh, I shot a big buck back there. It was probably in the late 70s. And I shot a big buck back there, and I kept hearing this railroad train. And I think, okay, the tracks were right there, so I'm dragging this buck this way, and hour later in this fog I no way hear the behind me and I go what the hell I'm walking in circles with this deer I mean it took me like three hours and I'm walking around in circles had no cell phones back in oh boy trying to figure out I go okay what the heck's going on you know and <laughs> so I marked the deer and there was no snow on the ground it was just and, and it was super thick so I marked the deer with all my orange tape that I had and I started putting orange tape on all these little branches so I could find and it had a railroad tracks, and it was a double set of railroad tracks. So there were two sets of railroad tracks on this woods. Oh, no. Never even knew about the second ones. So every time I heard a train, I kept walking from one set of tracks back to the other oh, set of tracks. Oh, my God. I kept dragging this deer 50 yards in every direction. <laughs> That's awesome. And finally, my buddy starts yelling for me because he was worried for me. I finally heard him. And he, I, knew, I said, I'm over here. He goes, where the hell you been? Who's that, John? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was awesome. so funny. <laughs> some of those spots over there in town would be neat to hunt. but Dude, it's there's so some big city deer. Right there. Yeah. There's big yeah. city deer. Maria yeah. drives by him every day. I, I probably, <laughs> on my way to work out by the airport, I see him over by, like, Tacoma Park. Um just you know all over on Ardmore yeah yeah it's amazing right there in the city stuck. yeah <laughs> no way I've <laughs> shot some nice urban deer I mean when I had urban oh, property because yeah. Troy a friend of mine from work we used to go out to uh out to Waynedale and we had some property out there that the city owned so we got to hunt talk to the city property manager and we got to hunt out there that was in the old days when you could do that stuff without lawyers 
you know now now nobody will let you do that so but in the old days you got a hold of the property manager and you would ask him permission and you would sign some waivers and you'd have to go before the uh, board of works and all this those people and talk to all these people what you were going to do what your plans were and Dang. Then they thought it over, and within a month, they gave you a permission slip, and you could hunt the city properties. Yeah, but they don't had, do that now? They don't do that anymore. No. no. You had all kinds of properties to hunt when I first met you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was incredible. Now you can't do that so anymore. what about, like, how hard do you think it would be to get access to hunt a golf course that's not in town? It's not, it's not so like bad. One. Yeah. It's not that bad. Um, you have to know the right people, and you have to just tell them what your what your plans are. You're not out there shooting at the golfers. You know what I mean? Right. You're not you're not doing anything like that. I if it was like November when no one's golfing. Right? Yeah. And the thing is, you always tell them no guns, always with a bow. You're always doing the bow thing, so you know make them feel comfortable and safe and. There's so many properties out there that are available that nobody even knows about, but that was many years ago, and nowadays, man, it's property. Uh, I got the first thing I was talking about is, is property. It's, it's the opportunity to give yourself another chance to, at, a, at a bigger deer. I mean, most people have property that they see does on, you know, they see the six point, the eight point, but... To see really big, mature deer on your property, I mean, that to hold them there, that's the key to hold them there. Have the stuff on your property, if you can, to have the mature deer stay in your area. Have the right foods and the right crops and, you know, have the stuff that keeps them there all winter. That's one of the keys to, to survival for the deer. So they, this, that, that uh, honeysuckle crap out there, but I tell you what, that stuff, the deer love it in the fall. When everything's frozen... And on the ground, and those little green leaves are still on those things, they nibble the heck out of those. And those are all around the property I hunt. They're everywhere. They're hard to get rid of. I mean, yeah, that's one of the most go. growing things Maria's father has place come out, and they cut them down every year. I mean, on the, on the, in the woods he has. So. They're invasive. Yeah, they really are. And it's, it's, they're everywhere, and they get big, quick. They're like 12 feet tall. Oh, yeah. At least. And they're huge. Yeah, they get huge. They're like mangroves. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, and once they take off, you know, you, they, they're everywhere. So you got to really take care of the woods and uh, try to always give yourself great shooting lanes. Don't be afraid to take out that big branch, you know. And I always paint my branches. That's one of my keys so the deer don't see it. Every time I cut a tree limb off of a tree, I paint it with black paint. Oh, no right joke. there on the spot, yeah. You don't never don't see a spot. You never see a spot that I cut, because I'm always wary of them knowing they can see a spot that's been cut. And so they might be able to smell it. so they look around too, and they smell too. You know, and they see the branch on the ground. I don't leave that there either. I take the branch and drag it somewhere else. So never leave it there, because they they know something's up. And then they see that shiny new tree stand. 40 feet away, like, huh, wonder what's up with that, you know? I'm putting two and two together here, so. But give yourself a great opportunity. Don't don't be afraid to cut those limbs and get the, give yourself some, you know, any advantage you have towards you, for, for you, is, is going to be a plus. Always, always give yourself the best advantage you can with your equipment and your, your shooting lanes and your your stands make sure your stands are always safe you know and try not to get 
crazy and go out there and you know and just stands can be dangerous as hell i mean i've been mornings out there when it was frost in the morning you know and you get up there and you step on that first step and zhing! i mean it's just like ice skating on that step it's like holy cow man that's another thing i wanted to talk about was uh safety harnesses and tree lines you know a lot of people don't use the actual safety line where you climb the tree stand yeah, no. Nobody I know. None of my friends do, and uh, I only see it on TV. You know, rich people have it, but I, I just don't. I've never been able to walk up a stand or be comfortable with dragging something up a stand. You know, yeah. I, I feel comfortable using my ladder stands. They're steel, mm-hmm. and I feel comfortable. But once I get as soon as I get to the top, of course, I'm going to snap myself in because I have all the equipment up there to snap myself in. But I just don't... I don't even know how that works. With the branches, yeah, I have branches going up the trees that I go, and and it would be be caught in there, but they show it on TV like it's gravy. You know, you just walk up this thing, but um, I do believe in the harnesses, though. I've, I've caught myself before coming out of my truck, getting to the stand, walking up to the top of the stand, finding the clicker and looking down and going, oh, crap. I don't have my safety harness on. Oh, no. And 20, 30 years ago, I wouldn't have thought crap of that. I mean, I just would have stayed up there no matter what. I would climb back down, dude, and go to my... I just felt so much safer hearing that click behind me, knowing if anything happens, I slip or anything stupid, you know, you still fall asleep up there sometimes. (laughs) You don't want to, but there's there's nothing happening. Your head seems to tilt down, you know, and next thing you know, you're leaning forward, and, you know, it can happen. And that's why most of my stands are kicked back, so that it's like more of a comfortable position. Oh, you're, okay. you're not leaning really forward too much in my, in my stands. You're supposed Did to you guys take Mount Fair? Oh, no, I think Teal, Teal ran that over. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's she a little treat in the bathroom. Here. So, yeah, I do believe in, in safety a lot now that I'm, I should have when I was younger, but now that I'm older, yes. And you always think about, you know, not just safety for yourself, but think about your family, the people who are letting you do this or you're doing this for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you always want to celebrate that moment if you do get something with your family. So don't ever take that safety for granted. I mean, it's always got to be, you've always got to have it on your mind no matter what happens because I've gotten to my stand before, and these are homemade stands, some of them, and... Like the Taj Mahal over at there. Yeah. When it gets cold and icy and slippery in the morning, that wood up there is slippery. I mean, it's I can tell it's slippery, and there's nothing I can do about it until it melts off. So I tried to scrape it off with my foot. I know it makes a lot of noise up there, but, yeah, but I feel a lot more comfortable standing on that wood than any patch of ice. I, I mean, call that stand the Space Needle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 35 foot. It's so awesome. Man. I've never been busted up there. Even well, the cows yeah. behind me don't even know I'm there, man. It's, but it's pretty cool. They, they, the deer walk right below you. I mean, it's it's really neat. And so do the other critters, the coyotes and everything else. So you just you got a straight shot without them even knowing what hit them. It's it's really pretty cool. And some of the shots are straight down. I mean. I don't doubt. From what I've seen this year, I was like, he would have shot that. He would have shot that. I would have shot that. Yep. Oh yeah. I was like, there's the stand. There's the deer. Yep. Oh yeah. I'm telling that that pocket back there was just 
stupid. It's amazing. That, that's where we put that nice stand now, that Millennium. So that should be should be a great area. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come with the time when the leaves fall, man. It's and the wind gets brisk. It'll be nice to be inside that. Yes. You're sitting there with your Mr. Heater buddy and saying, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to crack. You can't do that at your other stand, man. So, yeah, when you're out there, and and don't be afraid. I know this sounds really weird, but don't be afraid to bring a blanket with you, man. I've I've taught myself that. that. I don't care how good you are or how bad you are, that wind gets to you. And it will rip you apart, and you will be shaken by 8 o'clock in the morning going, I'm not going to be here another half hour, mm-hmm. you oh, know. Yeah. Put that blanket around your your boots, your knees, and just your lower body, maybe your little, little bit of your upper. But you'd be surprised how much warmer you are with just a blanket, something that breaks the wind from coming through your clothes and through your boots. I mean, even if your toes get cold, you know, you're, you're miserable. Man, you get the cold toes, and you can't think about nothing else. I mean, you, you just want to get home and or get to that truck and turn that heater on. Oh, yeah. You know? So give yourself a chance. Uh, dress right. Take a blanket with you if you're really cold out there. It's, uh, it's all about being comfortable. The more you're comfortable, the more you're going to stay out there. So that's... Makes sense to me. Yeah. It... it uh, Throughout the years, you learn that, you know. It's like some days I thought, ah, I'm not going to need that. It's not that windy. And it was beautiful in the morning when I walked in. But at 9 o'clock, here come the wind. And then here come the rain. And then you were underdressed. And, you know, it's like. The weather anymore is so unpredictable. Especially here in Indiana. It's like constantly changing. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. This year was the most I ever been rained on. I bet. And that too. I and, bet. And there were like, I was like, oh, this rain will end at such and such. I'm going to come out right then. Yep. No. No. <laughs> like, so. Yeah. Like, once it gets through your rain oh, gear. Oh, once it gets through your rain gear, you're done. Over. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> so. You get a little wind with that. You you start getting the shivers, you know, and the shakes. And yep. then you're uncomfortable, and the deer's saying, there he goes, 815, see ya. Man, <laughs> I mean, we sat some. The one time I felt bad because Mallory went with me, and oh, twice we've got both times she went with me, we got rained on. Oh, and the nice, one night nice I was like, okay, it's gonna it's gonna stop raining. We go so it stops raining. We walk back there. We're sitting. I'm like, this is perfect. Something's gonna come out. And uh, sure enough, it just started raining. Oh my And I was God. like, we can go back. And she's like, we're already here. She's like, we might as well just might as well ride it <laughs> out. And I'm like. Yeah, I was like, uh, you said it. I'm like, I, I want to go back. Right. And then uh, that opening day of rifle, we sat up at her dad's, and I, I have like this big Carhartt like jumpsuit that's camo, and like so she was in that just like like the kid off a of Christmas. Story. Yeah. <laughs> like she was warm, and uh, it just started raining. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, second time now yeah, she's I'm out there in the pouring wet. Yep. So. I don't know. I'm still trying to have her out there when, when I actually shoot one. Because right. that, that day I took her out on a rifle, I was like, I don't care if it's a spike. And I'm like, yeah. you're going to see you something because yeah. she hasn't seen that yet. So she's watching me miss one. Right. But, uh, <laughs> she's watching me miss a one. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's got it on video, actually, of me missing. I thought I smoked it. Yeah. No. 
was no. too far. It was too far. It was one. It was just a nice buck came through. It was like, I thought it was forty, and it was like fifty, right. and I shot right underneath him. And I thought he ducked right into it, and no, nope. So. Went over there, and there's nothing. Yep, mm -hmm. nothing but tracks. A little haircut, had yeah. white fur on. The yep, back. yep. You've seen that before. Yep. Just missed him. Yep. Yeah. Other than that, that's what. I'm glad you guys could come on. And oh, man, we were always happy to come. Always happy to come here. Thank you very much. And uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, so this year, the day before opening day at Gun, that night, which is like Friday night, obviously, I'm going to have a opening day like party with like some of the other guys okay. out here. And we'll just drink some beer. And We'd love to. We'll come out. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, just a, a so be the 14th Super Bowl party. For yeah. Super Bowl party. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the plan. Sure. Uh, that sounds great. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to do something like that because um, he does like that that deer widow thing. Yes. Which is cool during the day, but I thought like the eve of. Yep. The biggest day of the year. Yep. You know, have you know have some beer. Sure. Some fun times. So. Sounds great. <laughs> We'd love to. Absolutely. So. And I can't wait to use some of these products this year. I, I'm really looking forward to yeah. it. I really am. And like I said, this stuff, like, compared to, like, your, uh, I'm not going to say what, what brand it is, but. Yes. You know, you get that little bottle with the wick, and that only lasts you a couple hunts, whereas, like, you can get this in a spray bottle. Yes. And, like, you can buy those wicks and spray it. Um, and, and this stuff, you know, lasts a whole what? lot longer than... What is it called again? This one's pine, but they have, like, doe... Rackaholic. Doe estrus, buck and rut, uh, all right. just all different kinds of things, so... We're looking forward to trying it, absolutely. But, uh... Well, if I could say one yeah, thing... Yeah, go for I, it. I sure, uh, sure enjoy eating all the good deer meat. <laughs> yes. Uh, love cooking with it. Yes. And uh, when I before I met Mario, uh, I, I never dated anybody that hunted or anything, and uh, it's it's such a passion, you know, for him. And then he passed it on to you, Jacob. Yeah. And I think it's just really awesome. And I've always been an outdoors girl, and uh, I I just love the the spirit and the enthusiasm and uh and, and you know it it really does control the deer population there's nothing wrong with you know shooting a deer or anything like that um, and I, I just think it's really really cool yeah it is that's awesome it yeah. is wonderful because yeah. i think about that too you know like all right, this thing's either gonna get smoked by a car, yep. gonna get eaten alive, yep. gonna die of disease, gonna yep. die of starvation because yep. there's too mm -hmm. many deer. Yep. Or would you rather go with a precise placed projectile? They're not gonna know what's gonna hit them, right? And then all that meat's gonna be used. Yeah. It's exactly. like we we fill our freezer with it, and like we, we don't buy you. beef. That's but, right. That's right. So, well, except for Mike. <laughs> you went to. <laughs> I'm not gonna turn down that ribeye. But. No, no, nope. He still likes that. 
But yeah, right. it's pretty neat how that all works. So it really is. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm glad you guys come out, and we'll have to do it again. And uh, that's it. All that right. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. No problem. Blue collar, black tail. I, I, yeah, hey. I appreciate your guys' support. That's for sure. Absolutely. So you guys know where we stand, and deer don't care about your feelings. 